You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. Thank you, Isaac. I've got my tiny iPad today, so I might need glasses after today. We'll see how we go. My big iPad broke. So annoying. How are we, church? Are we good? Great. I, um, I get the privilege of finishing off our relationship series that we have titled Happier. And, you know, this morning we are going to be going down a, an exciting line, a, a line that I'm, I am really passionate about. And so I, I pray that you really get something out of this morning. I believe that God's got a word for every one of us today. And, you know, we've been talking about in relationships how it's much better to operate from a place of faith rather than relying on our feelings, right? And so we've been unpacking that a little bit. And I know, though, that that's much easier said than done. For instance, this week when my six-year-old was screaming at me from the bedroom that I had just sent her, my faith was not high and my feelings were causing me to curl up in the fetal position and pray for God, pray to God for Ben to get home really, really soon. So I guess maybe there was an element of faith in there. I mean, I did pray and, uh, you know, but that's the truth of the matter, right? Sometimes it's really hard to operate in a place of faith because feelings can be very, very loud. And, you know, I am a really big fan of relationships. If um, we just recently did a strengths test at work, and in my top 10, I had seven in relationship, right? Seven out of 10, and I had like three in executing. So I like to, sometimes I like to get things done well, but I really love people. Relationships are my jam, it's my thing. I love them, I love having a relationship with people. And so I'm passionate about this this morning. And the reality is we're all in relationships, right? Relationships are not an add-on to our world. They're something that we are in from the very beginning of our life. And God said when he created Adam, you know, it's not good for man to live alone. And therefore, let's create Eve. Like, we love this. This is, relationship is good. We were born for it with each other and with God. Um, I was listening to a podcast this week and Pastor Georgie Kelsey from C3 New York said, relationships are the most important thing in our world. And not a side project, not a means to an end, but relationship is where we see our faith expressed, it is where we grow, and they are so important to God, right? There's truth in that. You know, when we look through the scriptures, there are so many amazing scriptures But there is a fundamental truth that needs to underlie every single relationship that we are in. It is the key to meaningful and authentic relationships, and it comes out again and again and again. And it's super simple, and it is love. Love. Now, before you all switch off and think, I've heard about love before, you know what? I know, because so have I. We talk about it a lot. We hear the word a lot. But the reality is for you this morning and for me this morning that God has something fresh for us 
a fresh revelation, something new that he wants to reveal to us about this idea of loving. John chapter 13, verse 34, I'll flick over there myself, uh, to 35, is an incredible scripture. And we've read this in a, a lot of times before, and you've heard it a million times before, but I'm going to read it out for us again this morning. John 13, from verse 34, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Love is not just for the person who we choose to spend the rest of our life with. Love is not just for the children that we beautifully bear, but it is for every single relationship that we are in. So my first point for you today is a super simple one. I think you're going to remember it, and it is, all you need is love. Easy, right? All you need is love. Did somebody just go, do, 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 do? Yep, in, yep, I knew it. Somebody was going to do that. And I was, I was going to sing it to you, but I, you know, I'll save your ears today. You know, Friday morning, I was in the kitchen, and Maddie had just finished her breakfast, and she came in, and I said, came up to me, and I said, hey, Mads, would you mind chucking your plate into the dishwasher so we can wash it? And she looked at me, and she said, Mom, I'm not really going to chuck it in there, am I? And I was like, oh, okay, interesting. The words that we use often don't really mean what we want them to, or what they really mean. You know, we use words in some really silly ways. She reminded me of another one this morning, and that's, can you just hop in the car? And I was like, I don't really want you to hop in the car. And another one that I use all the time is, jump, you know, jump up on this chair so I can put your shoes on. I'm not asking them to really jump like that. If she could jump up onto that chair, then I really need to get her into some serious athletics something because she'd be really, really fit and good. And so I feel like sometimes we use words that we don't actually mean to describe things that we're talking about. Um, another one that I was thinking about is in all those renovation shows and they say they're flipping a house. I'm like, no, they're not really flipping a house. Like it's not being flipped up on its end, like completely around. So there you go. We bandy around these words. So the list is extensive. And I think that the word love is sometimes used like this. I loved that movie. No, probably not. You really appreciated it and felt a connection to it and it made you feel good. Or I love spaghetti. If you're my girls, I love Aunty Alicia's spaghetti bolognese. I love it. It's like the best in the world. I cannot compare. No, you just really like it, sorry. You just really like it. <laughs> and it makes you feel good. I remember when Ben and I were dating, and I think it was like in, within two days we had said, I love you to each other. Two days, right? <laughs> I had no idea what love was, for goodness sake. No idea. But I really liked him, and he made me feel good. And so I thought it was love. But love was what developed after lots of time getting to know each other and maturing and growing. So do you see where I'm going with this? You see, the world will tell us that love is a feeling, that love is something that gives you something, and makes you feel good. 
That's what love is. When you feel like this, that equals love. But the Bible tells us that God is love. So 1 John 4, 8, which we read before, says, Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. And if we flip down even further into 16b, in the Amplified Version, it says, God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides continually in him. You know, the implication for us in these verses is great. Whoever does not love does not go, does not know God. Now, Pastor Nate, you were talking about black and white. That feels pretty black and white to me. For those who do not love, you do not know God. It's not an optional extra in our relationships. We are told that love is the key and paramount because he is love. The verse doesn't say that, when we're that we love when we feel like we are loved. It says to love, operate in love. And we've heard this before, love is a choice. It's not based on feelings. We've heard it, you know, a thousand times. But do we actually believe it? Do we actually operate like that in our lives? There are definitely feelings associated with love. Don't get me wrong. And God in his goodness designed those for us. He made them so we could recognize and learn about ourselves and learn about the people that we're with and make them more, like make relationships more fun. Relationships are fun because of feelings. They also can be really terrible because of feelings, but they're also a lot of fun because we have feelings towards people. But when it boils down to it, we choose love. Love is not a feeling. He is a person and it is who he is his nature, and his character. Now, I just want to make a little side note here. I believe that feelings are important. I'm not saying that they're not. I believe that feelings speak to us and that we need to listen to them and that God will use our feelings to talk to us and to show us things and to guide us in particular directions. He will use that. We need to listen to them to know what our bodies are telling us because they were designed by God. Our emotions are an incredibly important part of who we are. We are body, soul, and spirit. But when we operate in the faith realm, as we love the people around us, the way they make us feel is not our primary motivation for loving them. The choice that we have made to love them is, that's what we are motivated by. You know, there have definitely been moments, I can probably think of some this week, where I've not felt loved in a relationship. You know, I might have felt rejected or disappointed or a variety of other feelings that have come up, maybe humiliated or overlooked or used. And I feel like sometimes the person in front of me doesn't really understand who I am or understand how they're making me feel when I'm talking to them, or do they, nor do they have my best interest at heart. But in that moment, I get to make a choice. Do I love them anyway? And the choice is mine. God's not going to force us. We get to choose in the way that we act towards them, the way we speak to them, the way we respond, the way we speak about them. We get to choose love in that moment. And you know what? Sometimes my feelings win. That's the reality. Sometimes my feelings win, and I have a bit of a rant, 
or whatever it is that I need to do. But when I choose faith, that's when I really know God in that moment. And, you know, having had some experience of my 41 years on earth and given that relationships are my passion, I've had a little bit, I find that as I operate in faith and engage my spirit, my feelings and my emotions follow. They follow my faith. My soul listens to my spirit. But when I operate primarily from my feelings, my faith is not built. You know, why does it matter? Why does it matter whether we do relationships well? Who cares? Relationships are a, ref a reflection of the one who wants relationship with every person on earth. And we get to be his agents, showing people what faith in him really looks like. That's why they're important. What a relationship in God looks like. What love truly is. Redefining what the world would say love is to what God says love is. And when we operate from our feelings, our faith gets overshadowed. But when we operate in our faith, our feelings are healed and matured and people see God. I'm a firm believer that our feelings will change as we speak out in faith. And the older that I get, I know we don't get younger, unfortunately, not Benjamin buttoning it through life, where, you know, walking through, getting older, and the older I get, the more I realize my feelings are not always reliable, but my faith in Jesus is always reliable. And so when we choose to operate in that realm of faith, when we choose to go there with Jesus, that's where we start to see life. That's where we start to see our feelings change. And our feelings cannot ever determine our faith in God. As believers, our relationships, whether they're with believers or not, should bring glory to God because we are his children. And we can see in John 13, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. There is a God-glorifying element when we love people the way that God loves them. People will know God if you love them the way that God loves them, the way that we've been designed to love, not the way that the world has told us we should love or the way that we should feel about love, but actually loving the way that God has told us to love and allowing ourselves to be transformed into people who love like Jesus. So my, does everybody remember the first point? Can we repeat it to me? Oh, you guys have got this. So the second one is going to be just as easy for you to remember. All we need to do, 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 do is love like Jesus. There you go, I sang to you. All you need to do is love like Jesus. 1 John 4 goes on to tell us in verse 9, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us, we ought to love one another. You know, there's so many verses that tell us to love, so many, and we're not going to go into them all today. It was really hard to pull a message together because there were so many things I wanted to say. So, you know, I believe that God's got the right things today, though. And there's a key in this verse. God loved us and sent his son 
God's love is a sacrificial love, not a self-serving love. It's for our benefit that he sent his son. You know, he could have wiped us out. He didn't have to provide a solution to the problem that we got ourselves into, but he did, Jesus. You know, it's about what I can give, not what I can receive. What can I get by doing this? It's not what it's about. It's not self-serving. It's selfless, not satisfying our own needs, but looking to the needs of others. It is our mark and what sets us as believers apart. The most um, poignant example that I can think of in Scripture is that of Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. You know, just before this uh, verse in John 13 where he tells us about this new command I give you to love one another, we have this beautiful picture of Jesus washing the feet of his disciples at the beginning of John chapter 13. And I'm just going to paraphrase because we don't have time to read the whole thing this morning. But, you know, basically, it was just before Passover. Jesus knew that he was about to leave the world. He knew that he was about to go. And as the evening meal was going on, he had um, prom- oh, the devil had already prompted Judas to betray Jesus. And even though Jesus knew that, he got up from the meal and he wrapped a towel around his waist, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist, and began pouring water into a basin and washing the disciples' feet. And he came to Peter, who said to him, Lord, why are you going to wash my feet? And they have a little banter about, well, no, well, let me wash your feet. And Peter's like, and Jesus is like, no, you can't wash my feet. You don't understand what you're saying, Peter. You're a crazy man. No, he didn't really say that. But, you know, Peter and Jesus have a little chat. And then when he was finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. And said, do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for this is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, this should be an example to you, that you should do as I have done for you. And in verse 17, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I want to draw your attention to two things. In this example, Jesus tells us, reminds us that he came to serve and not to be served. A beautiful illustration. And sometimes I think we have an expectation that people are going to serve us all the time. You know, we, it's, it, our society and our culture has a, a view that that's what should happen, that we are there to be served. And, you know, when our heart, though, is one that wants to serve, we are going to be honored and blessed beyond our wildest imagination. Because we don't place unnecessary expectations on others to make us feel good. We live our lives with our eyes fixed on Jesus and in service to others. And the second thing in this example is that in verse 17, he says, you will be blessed if you do this. There is a blessing that comes that you can't get if we don't have a heart that is towards others and in service to others. There is this incredible blessing that comes when, you know, I know we're not likely to go around and wash everybody's feet all the time. That would get a bit awkward and would be a bit ridiculous. And I'm not going to come and, you know, say, hey, you know, Ben, take your shoes off after work and your grotty old factory. I'm going to wash your feet. I probably should. That probably wasn't a good example. But <laughs> I'm not, I'm sorry, babe, I'm not going to do that. Maybe I've got more to learn after all, you know. 
But Jesus' example of loving throughout Scripture is just so extensive. He loves us by being full of grace and truth. He's not judgmental. He's honest and he points everything to the Father. He's sacrificial and selfless, inclusive and available, and the list just goes on and on. You know, there's other scriptures, though, that we can read that will give us an example of what it means to love others the way that Jesus does. And it says in Philippians 2, from verse 1, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. There's a theme, right? Rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And it goes on to talk about serving others again, being humble, looking to the interests of others. Just recently, uh, Ben went away for a couple of weeks. So I was, you know, doing the mum thing by myself for a couple of weeks. And um, a few people decided that they would like to go to the movies. And I was like, cool, I'm going to come. I want to see Avengers. I didn't like Avengers, but let's not go there or you can shoot me down later. Those of you who loved it, it was all right. And I love Avengers, just putting it out there, just not that one. Anyway, moving on. I went to the movies with my friends and it was really fun and I loved it and I just didn't have a babysitter and I didn't want to take the kids to mum and dad's because it was a late night and so I just wanted them to be around home so that I didn't have to worry about them the next morning and so I asked my neighbours who are beautiful friends now across the road, could you look after the kids for me? And, you know, my friend was like, yeah, sure, no problem, that's fine. Um, Monday night, yeah, I'll drop them off over at 6.30, they'll have eaten, they'll just, you know, come, and I'll come and pick them up at the end of the movie. It was a really long movie, by the way. And anyway, so they have two kids. They have a four, no, not a four-year-old. They have a two-year-old and a four-month-old. And so it was a big sacrifice for them to stay up a bit later and wait for me to come home so I could go and get the girls um, and put them back into bed. And so they were beautiful, and I did that, and I rushed around, I did netball practice and ballet, and picked up takeaway and came home, scoffed down some um, chicken and chips, chucked them across the road with their chips and M&Ms, you know, such a good mum, yep, that's right, healthy eating in our house. And I was excited. I was like, right, let's go. Um, and the following weekends, everything was fine, it was great, thank you, love you guys, awesome really do love them, like not just using that word, actually really love them. Anyway, moving on. And Mother's Day came around and I had invited my mom to come over for afternoon tea. And I said to my neighbours, hey, why don't you come over as well? They were like, sure, that'd be great. So we had scones and I've got out the proper teacups. That's a side note. I just wanted to tell you that. And uh, all of these things. And it was a really nice afternoon. And my, uh, my friend and my dad were talking and she said, oh, how was your birthday? Because I'd said to her, oh, I'm going over to, my, to dad's for his birthday the next day after, I'd been, after they'd babysat for me. And she said, how was your birthday? And he was like, it was really good. And she said, yeah, we made babies, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, when's your birthday? I totally missed, like, did I miss it? And she was like, yeah, it was on the 6th of May. And I'm like, 6th of May? Oh, I'm so sorry, I missed 
was Monday night. She's like, yeah. I was like, I dropped my kids to you on your birthday for you to look after them on Monday night. She said, yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm like the worst friend in the world. Oh my gosh. And I was so upset with myself that I had done this. And she was just laughing. She thought it was hilarious. And, and, I, and I'd found out in this like bizarre way. And so I was just feeling so awful. But she, she was like, it's fine. I love your kids. Of course I'd look after them. Anytime you need me to, because she knew that I was potentially going to go a bit insane while Ben was away, and I needed some downtime, and that was the only night that I had to do it. And so she sacrificially and selflessly gave up her birthday evening to look after my kids. Like, amazing. She's coming on Thursday night. You, if you're, when you're all there, all you women, you need to give her a pat on the back and high-five her, because I told her that I was going to use this example today. She was a bit chuffed. And <laughs> But the reality is that that's what Philippians is talking about. Value others' interests over your own. Do th- like I honestly could not say that I would do that for somebody. I would now. Gosh, I totally would. Feel free, ask me. 6th of August, I'm yours, people. I'm like babysit for the whole church. But, and I really, like, I would do that now, but it was not until somebody else sacrificially gave up their birthday night that I realized what it meant to have this kind of relationship and to know that that's where we were at. Like, that's amazing. Sometimes we don't act with the mind of Christ. Now, you know what? She doesn't know Jesus yet, but she was still acting with the mind of Christ in this example and was able to speak volumes to me. I'm not devaluing self-care either. I think that self-care is important and we need to look after ourselves and I believe that when we look after ourselves, we are more able to look after other people. Like I'm totally making sure, you know, don't put, always put everybody interest over your own. You need to, there's, self, there's self-care that can happen at the same time as putting other people's interests above your own. So how do we do this? John 1 John 16b says, God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides continually in him. Our relationship with Jesus creates a framework for all our other relationships to operate from. Jesus is the answer. Not just doing, you know, a quick Bible reading every now and again. That's great. It's going to help. Not just, you know, popping along to church every now and again. That's, you know, every week, that's great. That's going to help you. Absolutely. But that's not what having a relationship with Jesus is about. It's about seeking the face of God. Are we prioritizing that in our world? We prioritize the relationships that matter, right? And this relationship matters. This is the paramount relationship because it is what all other relationships will be, like they're gonna be benefited by our relationship with Jesus. I can guarantee you that. The, the weeks that I spend time seeking after God and the weeks that I don't, there's a difference. There's a difference in the way that I talk to people and the way that I respond and the way that I feel. There is a difference and we need to make sure that we are spending time with the one who is love to know how to truly love. John Mark Comer says, the more time you spend in the presence of God, the more you will find yourself blessed 
and you will come out as an agent of blessing and love to those around you. Wow. That's the aim, right? And you know what? There's work. It takes work. We have to work on our relationships, but we have the Holy Spirit to help us in that. We have the Holy Spirit who is our guide, who will correct us, who will love us, who will gently prod us in a different direction in our relationship. Because I want to encourage you today that you have the ability to do relationship well. Every single one of us has the ability and the capability to do relationship well. You know, if you're sitting there thinking, I have not spent any time with Jesus this week, except for right now, this is not a moment of condemnation. That's not Jesus. That's not, that's not who he is. But it's just a quick reminder that God might be grabbing your attention in this area to help bring benefit to you and to the people around you. So listen to the Holy Spirit in this moment. Don't listen to words of condemnation or judgment that might be popping in your head. You have no idea how much time I've got or no time I've got. And I, like I'm, I understand. But we've got to make this a priority. This has to be. Because if we don't, then our relationships will suffer. They absolutely will. So assuming we all want this to, to be the case and we all want to, you know, pursue relationships the Jesus way, and operate in a place of faith. If it, it says in Philippians, we will start to value others above ourselves. It will just be a natural outworking. We are tender and compassionate. We are not selfish and vain. We look to the interests of others. We have the mindset of Christ, always looking to glorify God. And it's not about perfection. As a self-proclaimed recovering perf perfectionist, it is not about perfection. We're growing and developing as disciples of Christ more and more like Him, little by little, day by day, decision by decision, choosing love, choosing to put somebody's interest above our own, understanding what our motivation is, why we're loving that person, what are we doing that for, is it, is it really what God wants me to do or am I doing it because I want to get something from that, I need to get something, I need some affirmation. And the ultimate goal for people to know Jesus is going to be a natural outworking of the relationships that we are in as we operate in this place of faith, in the love that we have for people. You know, maybe you're here today and you don't know the love of God that I'm talking about. Maybe you're here and you've never met Jesus. You don't know even what it means to be loved by Him. Or maybe you did know it once, but it's been a little while. You might have even been sitting in church for a really long time and not really know Jesus in this moment. Your relationship with Him is not close. I want to tell you that God's right here. He hasn't moved. He's right here for you. He's right here wanting and waiting for you to say, Hey God, I need you. I want to know what it means to be loved by you again. I just want to give you a moment to know that. So if you could just bow your heads and close your eyes. We're coming to a close this morning. If that's you this morning and you don't know the love of God and you want to know it, this beautiful, compassionate, 
tenderhearted Jesus wants to know you. Would you just give me a little wave? Would you just say, yep, I wanna, I wanna know who that is. I, or maybe it's been a while and you, yeah, I wanna get connected again with Jesus. I want that to be, I want my, ben- I want my relationships to have the benefit of me having a relationship with Jesus. If that's you this morning, can you just wave at me? I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna call you down the front. We're just gonna pray and believe that today is a turning point for you in your relationship with Him. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, God. If that's you and you just don't want to put your hand up, because I believe that there's at least one person here today who's feeling the tug, but maybe, yeah. Thank you, God. We're going to pray. Mighty God. If there's anybody else, thank you, Jesus. God, right right now, in this moment, I want to thank you, God, for this beautiful woman of God. Lord Jesus, I want to pray right now that you would meet her where she's at. Lord God, I want to thank you that you are giving her a fresh revelation, that her eyes are being opened to the love that you have for her. Lord God, that it is not in her striving that she would have relationship with you, but a resting in your presence, Lord God, this morning, and a confidence that she can walk away from here today, knowing that you are with her, knowing that you love her. Thank you, mighty God, for the work that you are doing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. You know, maybe you're here today and your feelings are overwhelming. It's okay. I've been there. I know how that feels. You know, just this week, I had incredible breakthrough in something that has been plaguing me, it feels like, for two years. It happens. And I can only encourage you to keep pursuing Jesus because that is the only reason that I had breakthrough. I can guarantee it. You know, don't hear this message today and think, well, I can't do that. I don't have the faith. I can't, I can't. I can't lift my hands up. My feelings are too much because, you know, maybe you've been in a relationship that has caused you pain and you're feeling the effects of it right now. You might have experienced hurt and finding it difficult to love anyone, including yourself right now. Well, this moment is for you. You are in a safe place. You are in, within family and we are here to help you this morning. But we can't help you if you don't tell us. And I need you to tell us this morning. So we're gonna leave this altar open. We're gonna close the service in a second. But I would love for you to come forward and I would love to pray with you. Don't wait until you go home to, you know, try and do it again by yourself if that maybe hasn't been working. I wanna stand with you this morning. I want healing to come into your world and Jesus wants healing in your world in relationship. I also felt that as I was praying, there's some people who are estranged from their parents or you're estranged from your children and I wanna pray for hope in that area of relationship this morning. I'd love for you to come down the front as well and I'm gonna pray for you. We've got a team of pastors who would pray with you this morning. And the other thing that I felt was that you have it, some of you are having a revelation that maybe the way that you've been loving is from a, a wrong motivation. To receive 
rather than to give. And God wants to bless you this morning and take you on a journey of transformation in that revelation. So there's a lot of things that God's doing this morning, I know. Why don't you all stand this morning? Mighty God, we honour you. We thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that you are working in us. And Lord God, I just pray for every person who needs healing in relationship, God, that, that needs a touch from you, God. Would you give them the courage, Lord God, to stand forward and say, that's me, stand with me. God, thank you that you love us so much. Help us to walk in that this week in Jesus' mighty name. Why don't you come forward if you'd like prayer for any of those things, and I'm going to hand back to Pastor Nate. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.